My name is Emilian Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. So Marisa, uh, how to be happy in these days? Well, happiness is really a choice. You know, you, you have to train your brain to look for happiness. So in the morning when you have your first coffee, you should go, oh, this is like the best coffee. When you get into bed at night, you should go, oh, this is, my sheets are so beautiful. And every time you do something simple, like take a shower, just tell yourself that little things make you happy because you're training your brain to find happiness in little things. And when you can find happiness in little things, of course, you find happiness in huge things. So if you look at little children, jumping in a puddle makes them happy. Seeing a spider on the windowsill makes them happy. Finding a flower makes them happy. And, and we've, we've stopped looking for how simple things make us happy. And for me, it really is, I love getting into clean sheets. I love coming home and just thinking, oh, I've got some really nice food in the fridge and my favorite show is on tonight and just, just, it's a great problem when you look for big events to make you happy because the more little things make you happy, the more big things make you ecstatically happy. So if you, we would go to be a children again, yeah, this would be an answer. Yeah, find pleasure in really simple things. So every time I like have my tea in the morning, I go, oh, this is sensational. And, and in the morning, I, I get up, I get make my tea, I come back to bed, I open my iPad, I read my paper, and I think, I'm so happy. This is, like, so lovely. And if I'm driving to meet people, I think, oh, I'm so happy. I'm going to see people that love me, that I love. It's just a state of mind, but it's a state of mind you want to be in as much as you possibly can. And the other thing to be happy is to remember that your problem is someone else's fantasy dream come true. You're in the store buying lots of food and you think that's a problem, that's someone else's fantasy. You're commuting to work, well, that's someone else's fantasy, having a job, even your heating bill. The fact that you can pay it and you have heating is someone else's fantasy dream come true. And your kids that drive you crazy, that's someone else's <laughs> fantasy dream come true as well. So sometimes you have to think, what would, I, what would I have given 20 years ago for all these problems? My mortgage, my kids, my tax bill, my heating bill, my car repairs. 30 years ago, I'd have loved to now even had a life with those problems in it. So everything is in our brain mm. and how we talk with, with them. Yeah, you've got to look at things. So like, look at things that went very long time ago. I was driving my little girl to school and it was. I went, oh, it's raining. She went, mummy. It has to rain or the flowers will never get any water. She's so sweet. And then we drove past this little tramp that was lying in a park. And she went, Mommy, why is he lying in a park? And I went, well, 
You know, some people do choose that in, in, you don't have to live in a park. He could find somewhere to live, but he's chosen that. She went, oh, well, he's going to wake up in a beautiful garden in the morning. <laughs> yes. So our children are naturally able to look for what's good. That's why when you give them a gift, they, they prefer to play with a paper. It makes them happy. They want to play with a box. It makes them happy. And you should try to be more like your children than make them like you. You're helping a lot of people also. You're helping with um, women that have special problems. Yeah. Infertility. Yeah, sure. And everything also that is in the brain. Well, I was thought I could never have children, ever. And so when I had a child, and it was so easy, um, I decided that I would help other women. It's not all in the brain, but unexplained infertility means that we cannot explain what's wrong with you medically. There's nothing to explain your infertility. And, and then we have something called secondary infertility, where women can get pregnant really easily and can never get pregnant again. Usually because when she's going through that birth, she goes, oh, I'm never going to do this again, or never again, or oh, I'm dying here, or this is unbearable, or this is agony. Or when they have their little baby, they went, oh, th these hours, being up all night is killing me. And all the time the brain is listening and thinking, well, you, you clearly do not ever want to go through that again. So why don't I just stop you by shutting down the hormones that make pregnancy possible, which actually start in your mind. And the brain, the body, together can, can produce the symptom of every illness in the world, but they can also get rid of it. And just as the mind has the power to shut down your fertility, it has the power to switch it back on again, too. And you're doing this uh, uh, through hypnosis, yes? Yeah, I do everything through hypnosis. I love hypnosis. When did you met the uh, first time with uh, hypnosis? Um, well, I trained to be a child psychologist. I didn't like that very much. And I met this wonderful man in L.A. called Gil Boyne who was a genius and he was a hypnotist and I went to, st I, I was actually working for Jane Fonda at the time as an exercise teacher. And a lot of girls in my class were bulimic or anorexic and so I went to study with him with a belief that I would still work for Jane and just help anorexic girls and bulimic women. As it happened, it was, I was so successful so quickly that I had to give up working for Jane, because I ended up having a full client list of people. And I did specialize in eating disorders for quite a long time. And then I actually people would remember and say, look, I know you do eating disorders only, but I have a cat phobia or a dog phobia or a bird phobia. I want to just see you. And so I started to branch out. And actually, I was glad I did, because it was much more interesting. And now I see people for everything. Yes. And uh, as you said, also for how to be um, thinner. Yeah. This is also, you're specialized. Well, the problem with diets is, you see, a diet asks you to give up. Mm -hmm. It asks you to give up all the things that you think you love. It says, I know you love cakes, biscuits, chocolates, give them up and have an apple. And you think, well, I don't want an apple, I want a cake. And usually you'll have an apple, and then you have the cake as well. Because eating badly is a habit of action. Like putting cake in your mouth and chips in your mouth and cookies in your mouth. That's a habit of action, but it's run by a habit of thought. Now, all diets go, give up the action, but think the same thoughts. And nobody can do that. That's too hard. No vegetarian goes, oh, gosh, I love bacon. I love sausage. I love 
beef, but I don't eat it. They go, oh no, I couldn't possibly eat that because they give up the thought and then the action is easy. So what that book does, which is very different, it, it changes your habit of thinking. It changes your relationship with food. So you know you can have whatever you want, but you don't want all the junk. And even if you do, you only want a little bit sometimes. If you are enjoying interviews so far, make sure to follow me on other social media. You will find me on YouTube and Facebook as Million Mori Warrior Family, on Instagram as Smillion Mori, and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Smillian Mori, S-M-I-L-J-A-N-M-O-R-I. And once again, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, also in it's the brain. The mind. In All the mind. in the brain, yeah. Of course, because you know, when you're a little and you fall over and your mum runs out with an ice cream, you feel happy. Mm. But, you know, when you're 40 and your husband leaves you, no amount of ice cream in the world is going to make you happy. But we still have this belief mm. I'm having a bad day, I need cookies. I'm having a hard time, I need ice cream. And it doesn't make you better. If anything, it makes you feel worse because your body doesn't even want that stuff. For your body, it's a huge punishment. And uh, today you also talk about success. Yeah. How everybody could be successful if they just uh, listen to nine rules. Well, I'm very lucky because I've been voted the best therapist many times and the best speaker. That opened a lot of doors for me and I found myself working with some very elite clients, rock stars, superstars, royalty, billionaires. And I noticed very quickly that I had three types of clients. I had one type who have everything and enjoy it and are happy, but they're quite rare. Then I had a second type who had everything but didn't enjoy it, weren't happy and would often sabotage their own success. Then I had a third type who wanted to have it all, but had this belief that you, you, nobody can have it all, it's too hard, the price you pay is too difficult, and they were always struggling to get it. And so the 1% that had everything fascinated me. But I began to see over time that they did things just a little differently, not a lot, just a little few things they did differently. And I thought, wow, if I teach my other clients what they do, maybe they'll have more success, and so I did and it worked, and I taught myself, and it worked. And they are very easy, uh, well, mm. it's like a recipe. Yeah, it's like a easy recipe. If you follow something, you know, if you do the right sit-ups every day, eventually you have a flat stomach, but you've got to do it. Mm. So I'm, I've always been fascinated by human behavior. I've spent all my adult life studying human behavior. And it is true, if you look at someone who's successful and do what they do, you can have what they have. But they do it naturally. For you it might not be natural, but who cares? Just do it anyway, then it eventually it becomes natural. Mm -hmm. And what are these things to do? Well, one of the things that very successful people do is they are always prepared to do what they hate to get to where they want to do. Sorry, they're always prepared to do what they hate to get to where they want to be. So a very successful person will go, okay, I've got to fire that person. or I've got to get up at two in the morning and do that call. You know, I, for instance, I'm just about to film a series and it's got to be on LA Times. So I'm going to have to get up 
and film that probably at 3 in the morning UK time, get up, put my makeup on at 3 a.m. That won't be very natural, but I'm definitely, I would never go, no, I can't do that. Because it's a, it's a huge accolade, this job I've been given, but it does require that all my filming is done on American time. But people who fail will give up their dream before they do what they don't want to do. They go, it's too hard, it's too difficult, I don't want to do it, I can't do it. So just because you hate something, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. A lot of people hate going to the gym, but if you want to be fit and slim and healthy, you've got to go anyway. I don't always get up and think, oh, yay, I'm going to have a workout. Sometimes it's the last thing I want to do, but I remember successful people do what they hate and they do it first thing and I go and then I feel better. What is another thing? Um, another thing that very successful people do is they don't, they, they get rejected but they don't let it knock them down. They get up again straight away and they keep going. I see so many people who are so damaged by rejection, they go, oh yeah, I got fired once, you know, in front of everyone and I've never had a job since, too embarrassing or yeah, I was in love once, but they broke my heart into a million pieces and I'm never going to fall in love again. Hurts too much. The successful will go, yeah, I got fired, got dumped, but that hurt. But then I went out and found a better job, a better partner, and now I'm blissfully happy. So they don't let rejection stop them. It isn't that they don't get rejected. They get rejected just as much as people who say, let me just lie down, I've been rejected so much, I'm not going to get up again. But they just keep going. And it's always time to be happy. Yeah. It's always time to be just do doing this, this, the things that you love. Yeah. You have to follow your dreams. Yeah, well we have choices all the time and even when you're not doing what you love, sometimes you have to do what you don't love to get to do what you do love. Mm. But. You can choose to bitch and moan about it, or you can choose to just accept that that's life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I have to do things I don't love, like long commutes, flying, mm -hmm. lots of driving. Um, and it's very easy to go, oh, I don't like this and I hate this. But, you know, anything of significance that you want requires that you do something you don't want to do. So you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. When are you the most happy? Actually, I'm the, when am I the most happy? Well, when I'm on stage speaking, I love speaking. It really gives, I know it, I meant to do it because a lot of people say it takes energy for me, it gives me energy. It, it, I really come alive on stage. So I'm very happy speaking, I love speaking. Um, I'm, I love traveling, especially to places I've never been before. Like I really want to go to Russia. But I'm also really happy just being at home with my husband, my daughter, watching a movie together. I love that. Or having friends over. Uh, when you just, now just mentioned, so the husband yeah. must be very supportive. Yeah, I have an amazing husband because the more successful I get, the more he's behind me, cheering me on. And he engineers a lot of my success. He's always saying to me, oh babe, I found this person who wants to put you on as a speaker, or I've got this person who wants to publish your book, and he's really supportive, he's great. And um, I think we all could learn that if we change the mind, also how, how we see the, the husband or uh, a wife, yes? Yeah. We can have better relationships. Yeah, I mean, you know, with any marriage, there are times when your partner, no matter how lovely they are, 
will still irritate you a bit. But I, I do try all the time, I don't always succeed, to be really grateful, you know. It's, it's sometimes you, you think, oh, I could quite happily spend a day not in your company. But, you know, you should always be grateful. I love being married. I couldn't imagine not having my husband because he's, so, he's funny, which is the most, he makes me laugh every day. And he's clever and he's just great. So perhaps some more advice, five advice, how to be more happy, well, more satisfied yeah. look, and easy one perhaps. Look for happiness, find happiness in simple things. You know, the two things I really believe in is be grateful, you know, express gratitude all the time, you know, be so grateful for everything you have, you know, when when, it's only when you go to places like Cuba and Mexico and Africa, you think, oh my God, how could people ever say I'm poor or I'm struggling? Because, you know, we're so lucky. I mean, I've been to Zimbabwe, been to Cuba. I was in Jamaica this year. And when you really see the shanty towns, you think, wow, we have no problems. I mean, I have no problems. How could you have a problem when you see people living? I mean, I didn't even dare to say to my driver, are these people's houses? Because I felt... It was so rude to ask him. I mean, I thought they seemed to be their houses, but it was hard to imagine people could live in a little piece of corrugated iron on the road, but they did. Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook, Warrior Mindset, at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. And I think uh, if I get it right, also the answer is love yourself more. Yeah, the thing with love is, especially for women, you know, they want to attract love and so they try to change their body. They go on a diet, they get their hair cut, they buy a beautiful outfit, they have their nails done. And all these things are to make you lovable. But the trick is when you know you are lovable, you'll attract someone who also knows you're lovable. But when you're trying to prove you're lovable, it doesn't really work. You can only love someone to the degree that you love yourself. And the first step, the only step to having a wonderful, loving relationship is to say, I'm lovable, I'm worthy of love, I deserve it, and I can receive it, and I can return it. But if you don't think you're lovable, it's very hard to have a loving relationship because you never feel worthy of it. And then you either have a great desire to sabotage the relationship you've got because you feel, I'm not worth it. They're going to dump me one day. Why don't I just behave so badly they dump me now? Or you pick people that really aren't worthy of you at all, that it's never going to work with, with the belief that, well, it's never going to work anyway. So I pick someone who's wronged me in every possible way. When it goes wrong, it won't hurt. But it hurts. Mm. And more time, say, uh, to say... And it's also uh, important to say more time, I'm enough. Yeah, you every day. I mean, if <laughs> if you want, if I could give people two pieces of advice, one would be, say I'm enough every single day. Say it when you wake up. Say it when you clean your teeth. Say it when you're in the shower. I have it written all over my house. In fact, recently my cable guy came in and he's like, "Why have you got that written everywhere?" And I told him, and he went, "Oh, you know, my son is really unhappy." He's an adolescent. He said, um, shall I go home and write it, on, write it on his mirror? And I said, no, write it in the mirror downstairs. Don't write it on his mirror. So anyway, he 
back he came and he went, oh, that was amazing. He said, you know, it's really changing. He said, but my wife is menopausal. She loves that too. He said, because I wrote it downstairs on the mirror. And he said, now when I go and fix someone's cable, I want to write it all over their house. I'm like, well, you really can't do that. But um, I'm enough is a great thing. And the other thing that will really help you is don't let in criticism. You're always gonna find people who've had a bad day or not feeling good, who might say mean things. You can't stop that, but you never have to let it in. And not letting in destructive criticism will change your life. Just let it go over your head. You're welcome. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies, confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smillion Mori, and LinkedIn, Smillion Mori.